Today I'm going to talk to you about how to tune out the world and how that you can tune into God, how that you can take the things of the world and simply bring the volume down, but raise the volume on what God is saying to you. Today we're going to talk about the Word of God, its power in your life. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. So glad to have you here and I hope you're having a good day because you're about to have a better day. We're going to get into the Word of God. One scripture and revelation from it not only changes your day, it changes your life. We still get into so many things. They say, oh, this is going to change your life. This is going to change your life. And they're talking about exercise or eating the right types of food or all this in the yard. This or, you know, this particular set of clothes is going to just change your whole life. The Word of God will literally change your whole life for all of your life and right on into eternity. Some of the things you're going to be learning from the Word of God right now in these next, you know, few minutes, this half hour is going to turn your life around in so many different ways. Turn to Mark chapter 8. We're going to take a look at verses 13 through 21, and I'm teaching from my series and my book also called Life and Power, the two major ministries of the Holy Spirit in your life. Life comes from receiving Jesus. That's the part of the Holy Spirit that brings eternal life. And then also the part of the Spirit of God that brings you power after you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, brings the supernatural into your life. And so from there comes every other, from those two come every other ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about it today, how to get the Holy Spirit working in your life on a daily basis, and especially in the areas of just the, the details of life, the problems of life, these things. And we're going to take it from Mark chapter 8. Let's start in verse 13. Here Jesus got into a ship with his disciples. He left them and then entered into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither do they have in the ship more than one loaf. Now, these were all the, the fragments left over after uh, the miracle of the loaves and fishes. So, but you put all of it together, the fragments they got, and it would equal about one loaf of bread. And he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we have no bread? When Jesus knew it, he said to them, why do you reason? Is it because you have no bread? Do you not perceive yet? Do you not understand? Have your hearts been hardened? I'm going to stop right there and come back to the next verse, verse 18, and go back to this. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. The leaven is first of all, the leaven of the Pharisees, which is religion, which is legalism, but the leaven of Herod is worldliness coming in. This is political things and all these things. Now, a little bit of leaven, Jesus said, is okay. So a little bit of, you know, understanding the fact we need to not only live for the Lord, we need to live rightly before the Lord without turning it into legalism because legalism is too much of the leaven that we need in our life to understand every loaf of bread needs a little bit. Some things need a little bit, but too much of it's going to, you know, blow it out of proportion. And the leaven of Herod is, of course, we need to live in politics. Jesus mentioned it from time to time, even produced for Peter tax money out of the fish's mouth. But what he was talking about here is beware of going too deeply into it. Why? Because it affects your thinking. You start thinking legalistically with the leaven of the Pharisees, but the leaven of Herod, you start thinking politically and you get so wrapped up in it, 
You forget why you were called here. Jesus is going to straighten out all the political stuff later on. Yes, we need to vote right. Yes, we need to get involved. Yes, we need to be doing things to help our school systems and bring all these things around. And every victory we have, we should shout over it. But understand this, the ultimate victory is going to come when Jesus Christ comes back to straighten out this world. In the meantime, get back to the main call you have, winning souls, making disciples out of them, again, growing spiritually in your life. Take a look at verse 18. What he says here is, after he says, you know, this thing about the, the loaf of bread and all this, he said in verse 18, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves among 5,000? How many basketfuls of fragments did you take up? They said 12. And with the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said seven. And he said to them, why don't you understand? Notice what he says in verse 18. You have eyes, but do you really see? You have ears, do you really hear? What is it you're putting in front of your eyes? What is it you're ever putting in front of your ears to keep Keep you from falling for the leaven of the world and the leaven of legalism and all the other things around that the world is trying to get you to look into. How do we as Christians tune out the world? Well, it comes back to what Jesus said here. When I performed the miracle and we had five loaves among 5,000 people, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said 12. Imagine at the end of it, after all that, you know, it started out with a few loaves and fishes. Not only did he feed the 5,000, not only did they have plenty, but they had fragments left over. And when they picked them up, they had, again, 12 baskets full. I imagine they had some there. In fact, it says in the boat, they had about a loaf of bread with them, of fragments that were left over from that. And then he said, in the other time when I multiplied loaves and fishes, seven loaves among 4,000, how many baskets did you have? They said seven. You know, Jesus did this miracle twice. And each time was to a larger group, a little smaller group. And more was left over on this one than was left over on this one. And what he simply was saying this, after every one of these things, after what he just now had done and told the parables, and then also here we have the, the two different times when he had the loaves and fishes, Jesus reminded them back, and after every one of these, he got into a ship. Right after he had the parables in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40, after the parables, they did not remember the word that he taught them. In fact, I think it's interesting when he taught the parables, it's also recorded in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 51. And at the end of it, after he got through teaching all those parables, he looked at the disciples and said, did you understand these things? They went, uh, uh, yeah. You know, they didn't, you know, they did, but they didn't want to admit it in front of Jesus said, okay, you understood all these things. So they got into a boat and you know what happened when they got into a boat? A storm broke out and they fell apart. All the teachings of the parables was to bring stability in them and to help them understand the word will get you through anything. Faith will bring you through any storm. And a storm broke out. Jesus was asleep in the ship and they started crying out to him. Don't you care that we're perishing? First of all, he did care. And next of all, they weren't perishing. They should understand if Jesus is in the ship, we can't go under. But the next thing was Jesus was demonstrating how they should handle this particular storm. Now, we often talk about the fact that Jesus stood up and rebuked the storm. We say, oh, that's the highest form of faith there is, to stand up and rebuke a storm. That is the best. Oh, whoa, why didn't the disciples think about that? Let me tell you this. Jesus did not still the storm to show the highest form of faith. He stilled the storm because the disciples were gone bonkers.
They were just screaming and yelling at me, just incoherent at the time. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? And Jesus just stopped the storm. That's the second best way or the third best way. What was the best way to handle that storm? Jesus showed them. Sleep through it. Sleeping through it shows, I don't really care what Satan's doing. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to take, just like Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, lions all around, you'd think that everybody'd be freaking out. He just made a bed out of one of them, slept on it, and they never bothered him. He had peace in the midst of the storm. So did Jesus. Jesus went to sleep. They should have understood if Jesus is asleep, it made it would have made them stop and think, what did he just teach on? Oh, all that stuff he taught on was faith in the word and faith in the promises. We need to put faith in the promises of God and understand he's going to take care of us. So with the first boat ride, they fell apart. What about the second boat ride? Mark chapter 6, verse 45 through 52. This is when Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes and had enough, it said, for 5,000 besides women and children. There was probably 20,000 there, and he multiplied the loaves and fishes, and 12 baskets were left over. That's about one for each one of the disciples, I would think. And, you know, they looked at that and carried that away with them. And in Matthew, chapter 13, again, before we said, do you understand these things? A test came. Oh yeah, we understand these things. Well, right after Jesus multiplied the loaves and fishes, a test came. And in verse 52, it says, they did not understand about the loaves for their hearts were hardened. Jesus is talking about what is in front of your eyes, what's in front of your ears. Do you not remember what just happened? In fact, you have a basket in your hand with loaves and fishes in it, and now you're falling apart in the midst of this situation. The third one happened after the second time Jesus produced loaves and fishes, Mark chapter 8 verse 13 through 21, and after the second times of loaves and fishes, miracles, that what he said in Mark chapter 8 and verse 18, do you not remember? Again, he brought it up because in all three cases, no matter what the miracle was, they didn't remember the miracle. They just saw all the problems in front of this and threw everything out, the miracle that had just happened. What are we talking about here? I want you to understand something. Jesus is saying, don't you remember? Don't you remember? I want to talk about the power of your memories. Memories can become your instructor. You know, what they had in their hand was these bread baskets, and the bread baskets were left over from the miracle Jesus just did. We all take our bread baskets, which are our memories, back to our ships with us when the meeting's over. When the miracle's over, we go back to our daily life, but we're carrying something we didn't have in the first place, and that's the basket of fragments left over, the memories. Remembering the word and remembering the miracle is the secret to a sensitive heart. Let me tell you what memories are. Memories are the leftovers we take with us after a great meal and bring them back home with us. Memories aren't quite as good as being there. I mean, but they can bring them back the memories of that. And the memories are so powerful, the memories can get us healed later, settle our situations later, calm storms later. And that's what Jesus was talking about. How many did you have from the five loaves and and how many did you have when we fed the 5,000? They said, oh, we had uh, you know 12 baskets left over. He said, how about when I fed the 7,000? They said, well, we had seven baskets left over. He says, don't you get it? You're holding in your hand memories of what happened to you. I think it's important that every Christian journal your miracles and scriptural revelations so that you can eat from them later. In other words, when something happens, write it down. Write down the date, write down what happened, 
And when you're facing some terrible situations, pull out that list and start going through it. And pull out a fragment here, a breadcrumb from what happened, Neil, eight years ago. Uh, bring out a small crumb of a fish, you know, after what happened six years ago, and start reading those things. And all of a sudden, you'll start to think, wait a minute, what I'm doing now, this, this mess I have right now, was nothing compared to that. That was incredible. If God could do that for me then, he can do this for me now. In fact, you ought to go back to the greatest miracle and the greatest bread basket you ever had. Remember when you got born again? Remember when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? That's eternal. Every other miracle that you have in life is just temporary. It might last as long as you live for the lengthening of a leg or, you know, or, or a miracle where God heals your back or, or you know, a, a, just some incredible healing in your body that you're supposed to die, but you didn't. That's great. But I can tell you this, if it lasts the rest of your life, that might be another 30 years. But your salvation is eternal. No wonder angels rejoice over every sinner that repents, not every person that gets healed because they don't just rejoice over temporary things, they rejoice over miracles for eternity. And as you look back at those things, bring your journal out. That's like taking your basket back out and taking a few of the leftovers go, oh yeah, man, I remember that now. Oh, the bread brings back memories to you and the memories are enough to get you through this problem right now and cause you to sleep during a storm. I will see you right after the break. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain his ministry, and how the world was changed when he came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for his saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the Temple Discourse, the Tribulation, the Second Coming, the Millennial Reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website 
at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I have a testimony here from Ted who writes to me and says, Pastor Bob, I discovered your ministry in 1982. I've learned more from your teaching than from any other source over the years. I didn't tell him to say that, okay? I thoroughly enjoy the daily YouTube lessons and thank God for your faithfulness. Well, thank you, Ted, for writing that in. I think that's important. But you know what this broadcast is becoming? It's now becoming something for you to take notes on. You know, go back and watch it again, again like he had on YouTube here, or just take your notes as you're going along along and go back and then amplify them, remember what was taught, and then look back at them from time to time. Why? Because it becomes part of your basket of memories. What you learn from the Word of God not only is a testimony wonderful, something that happened to you, a healing that occurred in your life, a deliverance in your life, but also the delivering power of the Word of God when you had a revelation of a verse you never thought about in that way before and it just exploded on the inside of you. Write that thing down, put it with your list of memories. Memories can become our instructors later on, well past the time when the miracle took place, well past the time when the healing took place, well past the time when God brought us through an impossible situation, brought finances to it when it looked like there was no way out of it, and we have to remember how great God is. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says this, submit to God, resist the devil. Submitting to God is to remember not only having a Bible in front of you, but what if you don't have a Bible in front of you? What if all you have is the memories of the scripture? The memories of the scripture are so important that we forget not all his benefits, which includes the word of God. You don't have to actually have to have a written Bible in front of you to submit to God. You can submit to God remembering what the scriptures say to you, and that caused you to give power to have to resist the devil. So James 4, 7 says, submit to God and resist the devil. A hardened heart is the opposite of a submissive heart. And I can tell you this, remembering the word of God, remembering the blessings he has given, remembering the power of, of miracles that have happened to you can soften your heart to where you're no longer closed to God and dependent on just ourselves or other people. We're now open to God and we are closed to Satan, closed to the world, and we actually fulfill that scripture, submit to God, resist the devil. So you don't have to have a copy of the Bible with you everywhere you go because why you have it up here. This is your basket of fragments, leftovers from the time you did study, did receive the revelation in church, did watch this program and got the revelation of the word. And again, as the verse is talking about here, then we can truly submit to God, resist the devil. So it doesn't say submit to God if you have your Bible with you. No, submit to God by just bringing them back up into your memory. Forget not all his benefits who forgives all of your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases. John chapter four, verse 31 through 35 tells us we're to be sensitive to the will of God. In John 4, 31 through 35, it says this, in the meantime, his disciples begged him saying, master eat. But he said to them, I have food that you don't know anything of. This is what Jesus was talking to the woman at the well. So the Pharisees, when Jesus said, I have food to eat, you know nothing of, it says the disciples said to each other, has someone brought him something to eat. Jesus wasn't talking here about bread and chips and, and turkey. He was talking about here, he was talking about the word of God and the will of God and the mission they were sent to do. So the disciples said to each other, has someone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That's my food. Don't say there are four months and then the harvest will come. I say to you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they're white, are ready to harvest. I imagine their tongues 
came out of their mouth. Their mouth dropped wide open. And you know what they're thinking? That's exactly what we said when we were walking back through the fields. Jesus sent us into the city and he said, go and get uh, go get food. And they thought he meant natural food. He, they, he was meaning go witness to the people, bring the food you have and witness to the people. And they went and bought food and came back and didn't witness to anybody. Jesus, when they found him, was witnessing to the woman at the well. We're often more sensitive, just like them, to the natural than the supernatural. We wish we knew the Bible better, but we know the stock market, business trends, the gross national product. We know football, basketball, and baseball stats. What we meditate on, we become sensitive to, and that's what we remember a lot. Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 5, my sheep know my voice. He said for unto him, that's the shepherd, the porter opens the door, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts them out, his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will run from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. We can hear the voice of the Lord and we can have the leading of the Holy Spirit. We can tune out the world. You know, there was a time my mother and dad, they bought a house and they just let, they didn't know when they bought it, it was in the traffic pattern for the Tulsa International Airport. And we were at home just after we bought the house. We'd only been there for a few hours. We we're, were putting up stuff and saying, <laughs> over the house came airplanes landing. I was in high school at the time, man, the 707 had come out and the jet noise was so loud. And we thought, what in the world? And my mom and dad, you know, didn't know what to do, but they just decided, you know what? We love this house enough. We're just going to exist while planes fly over. You know what happened after a period of time? We couldn't hear the planes. It was like they'd come over and we just keep talking or we just suddenly be quiet for a moment and then we start talking afterwards. It affected our life very little. When we had people come over sometimes for meals, you know, my dad was a minister and invite people over to the house. When he did that, we'd be sitting around the table and suddenly a plane would fly over and the, the people would freak out. They came and they said, how do you live with that? And we said, live with what? And they said, they're plane flying over. Oh, we said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're just so used to it. We just get quiet for a moment. It's gone and we just go back to talking. In other words, we had learned to tune it out. You know what we do with the things of the world? We need to learn to, learn to tune out the things of the world. When the world's shouting at us, screaming at us, we just tune it out, wait just a second. And what do we fall back to? We fall back on our remembrance of the word of God. A baby's voice can be heard by its mother in the midst of noise and chaos. She can hear that. And God said, I want you to come to a place where you know my voice in the midst of the crying of the world, in the midst of all the world out here, in the midst of what you've been looking at. I want you to come back to me. How do we do that? Because we can do it not only with the Bible in front of us or a television in front of us or a radio broadcast in front of us. We can do it by simply pulling out of our memory what God has showed us before and running down that list of things that God has done for us, remembering the miracles, the signs and the wonders. And Romans chapter eight and verse 14 says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We can get back to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit because there's times he's talking to us, we can't hear it because we're thinking about all these other things like the disciples. We're thinking about the fields. You know, we can see that they're, they're almost ready to come to harvest, but we can't see the spiritual fields out there of people that need to know Jesus. We can come back to that point if we'll just get quiet before the Lord and remember those times when God has blessed us and ministered to us so much, the revelations we've got from the word of God, we can now begin to hear the Holy Spirit again. And one of the best ways to do that is by praying in tongues. It tunes out the world and makes us 
is sensitive to God. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse four says, he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You know what that means? To be edified, as this verse is talking about right here, uh, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. It means to build yourself up and makes yourself sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 28 and verse 11, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. The more I speak in tongues, the more I can hear and clearly hear the voice of God. It was only a few uh, Christmases ago when my wife asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I was going, I don't know. We had everything. I said, you know what I want? I get on the plane, there's these people with those noise-reducing headphones on there. They call it noise canceling, but it doesn't cancel. It just reduces. I said, I want one of those. So my wife went and bought me a set. And I put those things on. It was incredible. I flipped the switch on those things when I got into an airplane, and all of a sudden, the noise level dropped about 50 to 60%. Oh, I could still hear some things out there, but the music I was listening to was now seem to be more clear than ever because the outside noise was reduced. The Holy Spirit isn't going to speak any louder, but we can reduce the noise of the world out here with the noise-canceling headphones of praying in the Spirit. We can find out the will of God for our life daily. He, we can call, uh, he will call us into our ministry, the calling we have, and those things can come back to us. Memorials are found in the Word of God too. Building a memorial, this is exactly what the bread does. This is exactly what memories are. The word memorials come from the word memories. Memories come from the word memorials. And in the Old Testament, Israel built 36 different altars in the Old Testament of things that God did in certain places. Why do they do that? So when they walk by, they go, oh yeah, God did this here. We need those in our life. This is the bread baskets we carry, the memories of what happened back there, but something has to jog our memory. And the best thing to do is just sit back and think about what happened and go back and have our list in front of us. You know, the one I told you about having a journal and journaling those miracle signs and wonders God has done. We put it on gravestone so we'll know something. And when we see that and what was on there, we go, oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy was great. And, uh, you know, your parents or friends that have died. Memorials of stones were stacked up in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and also that same chapter 21 through 24, a stack of stones that was put up reminded them of how God held back the Jordan River so they could come across on dry ground. That's what the Lord did for them. And so whenever the water levels got low, those stones could be seen coming up out of the water. When the situations are bad, look back for those memories. God has them there. I have memorials in my life. There's times I drive by the old houses we live in, and I can remember not only that house and where my bedroom was in there and all that, I remember miracles that happened there. My mom and dad trusting God when they didn't have the money. My mom and dad trusting God when I got sick one time, they prayed for me and I was healed. Places where I work, because it's places where I work where God continually kept increasing and increasing my finances, but also placing me in places that later on had key things in it that applied to what I was called to later. Trinity Bible College in the city of Tulsa, the house that it was held in is still here. It wasn't that many weeks ago I drove by it and saw it on my way to the airport. And I said, that house is still there. When I saw that house, I didn't see a house that people live in. I saw a house that used to be a little Bible college, 30 students in there. And the teacher was Smith Wigglesworth's pastor. Those memories come back to me. And I remember how God brought me from there to here. And it's simply this, Satan, you can't do anything to me. God promised he would watch over me keep me and no matter what trouble comes my way, he'll bring me through it. There's a bridge that goes across Memorial Street in Tulsa and that bridge is the Broken Air Expressway. And one day as my wife and I were in the car years ago, as we drove right across 
on that uh, on that highway and we crossed over Memorial. Memorial was underneath us and, and interesting, it's called Memorial. The Lord told me I'd be pastoring the church we were attending, which was Grace. And later on, not that many weeks after that, it began to come to pass and a few months later, we became the pastors of the church. And I look back at that and think, look at that. I remember that. In other words, key things in key places remind me. And what did Jesus say? What do you have in your hand? That's just some baskets of fragments left over. Oh, those fragments are important. Those fragments are memories of the miracles I have done for you. Have a great day. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.